Hi, welcome to valuationpodcast.com, a podcast and video series about all things related to business and valuation. My name is Melissa Gregg, and I provide online valuation services for mediation and litigation based in St. Louis, Missouri. Today, we'll be discussing business valuations in divorce and the discovery process with Katherine Shanahan. Catherine's a certified divorce financial analyst or CDFA and daily money manager or PDMM. She also has a lot of other credentials and she is the co-founder of mydivorcesolution.com. She's been trained in mediation, collaborative divorce and financial planning. She is fully dedicated to helping clients kind of navigate through the divorce, including uh, kind of understanding their financial future post-divorce. Welcome, Catherine. How are you? Thank you. Great, Melissa. How are you? Awesome. Just living the dream, right? (laughs) (laughs) So you and your partner do a lot of the discovery process having to do with divorce. And I think it's really helpful um, to understand how you work with business owners in order to get prepared for the divorce process. Yes, we've been able to create a product that streamlines or shortcuts the discovery process because we actually work with both parties in most cases. You know, I found that through the last five years, most couples truly do want to come together to share this information um, to get to a better resolution. So what we do is we work with the business owner and it's it's often funny to me that the other spouse who does not work the business has the feeling that they don't own the business so they don't have a right to the business, which is not necessarily true. So we work with them to gather all the documentation needed um, to come to somebody like you to either get an evaluation or to just settle on, make a settlement agreement. Yeah, and I think that that's where people should focus on like how, how it doesn't mean that you have to work together for everything, but the discovery process is so difficult that if you have one person that's just trying to not give the information because they think that somehow that's going to help their situation, it really doesn't. It starts to look like you're evasive. It starts to look like you're hiding something. And the divorce process is already kind of an emotionally charged, mistrustful kind of situation. And so when you get the parties together, there's sometimes one person that knows the financials and one person that doesn't. And so in this process, are you typically working with the clients or the mediators or the attorneys? We usually work directly with the clients. We're either hired by the attorneys and the mediators or the clients hire us directly before they go to the attorney or the mediator. Um, We'll work with in any um, way that works best for the client. Um, But it is true when you say that, you know, there becomes this doubt, you know, you're the business owner spouse and you're the non-business owner in your mind spouse. And so everyone is telling you, meaning other professionals, your friends and family, that your spouse is hiding money because they own their own business. Or most cases, a lot of families run their personal finances through the business. And the only thing that the spouse that doesn't work there knows is that everything has been taken care of. And then they assume that the spouse who is in control of those monies is now hiding money for themselves. So there's always this doubt. So when we ask for the documentation to clarify or verify anything and the spouse refuses to give that information, 
the one who is asking for it now has even further doubt. And that is now confirming all of the self-doubt and, and, and the idea that they're hiding things that are planted into your head um, come to fruition because they're not willing to give up the information. And if it goes to litigation, they're going to be required to get, required to give it anyway. Mm-hmm. So why not give it forthcoming? Save yourself a lot of money. And a lot of times, this is what some people don't talk about, is that if you don't fully disclose all the information about all of the things you own or debts that you have or property that is offshores or accounts that are not, you know, like, oh, no one will know about that pension from way back when. If it is found out after the divorce, the person can go back and kind of deal with that again and could hire another attorney to go after some additional recalculation of the estate. And so I don't know, I really don't know how we got to this point where people think that, I'm just not going to give them the information and everybody's going to just allow it to happen. It does. It doesn't get allowed to happen. And what you end up doing is you end up spending a ton of money on attorneys fighting over it. Every email that they send, they will bill you every conversation that they have with another uh, place. It could be the bank, the attorney, the anything they will charge you. And so if you continue to kind of not allow the free flow of information, you are just costing your marriage. You're just costing those assets that you built up that you guys want to divide. And I don't know why people don't see that. Well, you know, you know, we're logical thinkers, right? Because we're both financial people. However, what you're also doing is you're giving yourself such a hard position to move forward So most business owners believe that their businesses are are very successful or they will be successful after divorce or they think that, okay, it's not doing well now, so I don't have to give you much now. But in their heads, they know if they're staying in that business, they're successful people and they'll be successful. My point of view is always, why not settle up now and then allow yourself to grow your business afterwards? Mm -hmm. Because it is the guidelines that are those other guidelines for divorce divorce mm-hmm. is not cheap and divorce is not easy um but if you know that that's your your um path forward just do it as painlessly as possible give the information um why are you going to pay two different attorneys to gather the same information and why are you going to risk going back to court as you mentioned earlier because you did not disclose something Yeah. And I, and I think what people do a lot when they're a business owner is they share the successes and they forget about the risks and, and the worry. Right. And so as a business owner, you and I are both business owners. Yes, it does equate to some freedom. Yes. It does equate to some control of your, you know, your day. Um, But it also is a lot of risk and worry. And what about this? How am I going to get my next client? You know, like all of those things that we don't always talk about. And or, oh, I took out a line of credit to help finance because we had to buy a big um, piece of equipment, right? Well, I don't necessarily tell my spouse that I got a $100,000 line of credit to buy a piece of equipment, right? And Mm -hmm. so I think that those pieces are really, it's, it's making assumptions based on, you know, like people will call me and say, well, 
is my spouse entitled to my business? Like I had a, a woman call the other day that said, my husband doesn't want to get a business valuation because he doesn't want me to take any of my, any money out of his business. And I was like, well, let's, let's dissect that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like the business becomes a value that sits as a number. The house becomes a value that sits as a number. Okay. And then we start to move different And then you add in all of the other things that you own and the debts that you have. And then we start to move them around to different buckets. Okay. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to, the business is worth 500,000 and you're going to take 250,000 out of the business. Right. Let's talk a little bit about like, what, what do you hear business owners kind of talk about concerns? Because I think a lot of times they're not the right concerns. Right. You know, it's funny when you say that, because I think about if Karen and I were to dissolve our company, my divorce solution right now, would I just walk away and say, Karen, you get to have everything, even though we've worked so hard over the past six or 10 years, whatever it is, I'll just say goodbye and you get to keep it all. No. So if my spouse wants to walk away and we've been married for 20 years and we've and he's built that business, why would I just walk away from that? So get in the mindset that if you're part of that, if it's a marital state and you're part of that marriage, that's your right to have that. Whether or not you choose to negotiate it away is up to you, but it is your right to have that. So it always makes me chuckle when the business owner spouse says my wife or our husband are not entitled to that. It's really just like any other business being dissolved. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is when we do budgeting with our clients, it's really very interesting that when you ask them about their car payment, well, I don't know, the business pays for that. Or what about your child's tuition or the car expenses for your children? I don't know, the business pays for that. I just use the credit card and the business pays for that. So why would the spouse who's allowing that to happen in their business now suddenly think that that's not part of an income stream? That is how expenses are being paid. So many families do this. And I get why they do it. It's a great tax savings for them to do that. But now when you're dissolving a marriage, we really have to add that all back in to the business. So are we taking an equitable distribution or are we taking an income stream? Which I'm sure you could talk a little bit about how they um, affect the overall value of the business when it comes to um, distribution of the assets. Well, and I think that that business owners and out spouses, I think just couples in general kind of have preconceived notions about what the business valuation even means. And I think that the reality is, you know, in a normal, real conflicted case, each side is going to hire an attorney. Each side is going to hire a valuation person. So now you're paying for two people to do the valuation and then they're not going to agree. It's impossible. You're never going to get the same number from two people, three people, a hundred people. Um, and so now maybe we have a third person or now we have to fight about those valuations and you have two credible valuators that the judge is going to be like, you both look pretty smart. Maybe I'll just um, average it. Like you're at 500,000, they're at 1.5 million. It seems like those are completely different numbers, but like, how about we just go in the middle at a million? Does that call it even? And so realistically, if you get smart people involved that really just want to help you understand the financial picture, then I think that is when you 
because there's consistency, right? If we're going to look at the business and there's also the business money is flowing as a salary, we just need to make sure that we are taking all of the financial pieces and and using them even not even evenly, but we are we are making sure that we're doing it properly, right? If we're removing something out of the business and we're adding it to the personal balance sheet, we're being consistent and we're being kind of clear in in what that looks like. And I think that that is when people start to work together a little bit more and they get somebody involved like a CDFA or a financial person or a business evaluator, you're really just trying to work with somebody that's going to give you an accurate picture not say, oh, you want the value to be higher? You want it to be lower? You don't want to give her a thing? You don't like him? He cheated, she cheated? It doesn't matter. These are numbers. And the and and realistically, the truth is going to come out at some point. I don't know why people waste a lot of time at the beginning fighting about even giving a document. And that's where you guys kind of come in in this process is, if everybody starts on an even level of information and then you layer on the legal issues or the state issues, um, things are going to fall where they are. You, you don't have a lot of control of just saying, well, you're just not going to value my business. If you don't know what it's worth, then we don't have to split it. That's not how the court's going to work. And I also believe it's not only just the level of information that you're receiving, it's a level of understanding that you both have when it comes to the dissolution of not only your marriage, but of a business entity. That becomes very emotional to the business owner, just like the marital home becomes very emotional to whoever the homemaker of the family was. But what the business owner has to realize and why I totally agree that they should be giving their balance and income statements, their past three years of um, um, profit and loss statements, mm -hmm. their tax returns, if it's not on their Schedule C of their personal income tax returns, um, the entity creation documents um, so that you know who actually um, is involved in the business and what their roles are if they have any partnership agreements. Because in the partnership agreements, they could have buy-sell agreements. They can have insurance products involved in there. They could have wording in there that it pertains to if they, the partner's divorce. I don't, you know, I don't, there's so many things to look at. But if you're being forthcoming with that, the two of you, the spouses, can come to a level of understanding what you're looking for here. Or am I looking for a buyout? Am I looking for you to just show me that you didn't dissipate any assets that could have been marital? You know, and if you're wavering on that, you're almost showing yourself to be a little guilty, which makes it worse for the two of you. Mm -hmm. But typically the spouse who's not involved, I don't really see many of those cases where that spouse wants the business. They don't right. really want the business. So if the understanding is there that I don't really want your business, I don't want your family business from generations. I don't want the business that we you did for the last 30 years. However, I want an income stream from it, or I want to buy out whether it has to do with the other assets. And so let's come to a fair understanding. I have had so many... Uh, more than uh, two handfuls of times where a happily married couple who five or 10 years later decide they're not happily married had a value to that business in bedroom conversation or in kitchen table conversation. You know, honey, if we sold now and retire when we're 65, the business is going to be worth a million dollars. Or, you know, honey, five more years, this will be worth $500,000. And they have it in writing, whether they did an email or they just jotted 
the memory down. I always wonder how many times, Melissa, do you think that you've done an evaluation and really came around to a value that was just thrown out there at some time? Mm-hmm. That that if you, they could have had that conversation with you or it was an understanding that both parties had that they believed that it was worth. And if they came to you and you said, you know what, that's about dead on. You know how much money they would save than just fighting through all this paperwork because you're a logical thinker, you know the numbers, you see them, and you could kind of line it up as that's your third appraisal, basically. And I always say, gosh, that's probably dead on in most cases, you know, depending on when you get the information. But the other question I have for you, and I find interesting, is it's really hard when we're gathering the documentation. And, And for most of the people who are very forthcoming with giving this information, And you'll see a bank statement that's in the business name that has $50,000 in it. So the one spouse says, well, you have to give me $25,000. And the other one says, no, that's going to be part of the business valuation. How do you explain that to a couple? Well, I think that part of the business valuation process is trying to look at it a couple different ways. You know, what's the cash flow to the business and an income approach? Um, And what's the cost approach or asset approach is what's on the balance sheet. And cash is traditionally on the balance sheet with accounts receivables and inventory and things like that. So it does, the cash does come into play in the valuation. Um, And it may be that some cash is used to equalize the property right? It doesn't necessarily mean that half of the cash comes out of the business. It means that part of the valuation will include the cash that is in the business. And a lot of times people don't understand a concept called networking capital. And so networking capital is just basically like most of us, you know, we're both business owners. Most of us feel very comfortable with a certain amount of money in the bank that we can go forth that we can pay employees, we can pay rent, and we can do all those things. And we're not worrying about money every single day. That is, there's also metrics to compare how much you have compared to another company. But I try, you know, everybody gets kind of caught up in the, well, this business is just me. If I walk away, this business is worth nothing, they're not going to get anything. And so the spouses start to say these things to each other. And so the only thing that somebody has to come back with was, is that there's cash in the bank, give me half of it, and I'll go away. And then the business owner will say, well, why should I give them anything when they broke the marriage? It's their fault that, that we're even getting divorced, and I'm not going to give them anything. Both of these positions mean nothing in court. You know, the the judge isn't going to say you can just walk away from a business and that it's worth nothing. The judge isn't going to say that everything is the business, but there are some that are a lot connected to the owner. And so it's really what happens when you're in this situation of divorce is both people are making assumptions that are probably incorrect. And that's why there is a lot of occasions where we'll come in as the joint expert and we will work for both parties. And what that does is that a lot of times, every time I'm presenting things about the numbers, I'm presenting it with both of them. Because there's some things that I'm going to say that are just kind of truth in how the the divorce process works, that one person's going to be like, well, that's not in my favor. And the other person's going to be like, that's great. But if they hear it at the same time, they'll understand that it's just the information. It's not necessarily my opinion. Like, I don't have an opinion of how the judge is going to decide your case, but I have experience 
on how they have done things in the past. And so in that respect, it's educating them. You know, a lot of your process is educating them on the financial picture. A lot of the valuation process is educating them on how the valuation comes into that personal balance sheet and all the things that you've talked about. Most people do run expenses through the business. So if you can show those bank statements to the other spouse and they can look through and say, oh, you just went to McDonald's and oh, you went to here and here and and they can see that there's nothing really there that they're envisioning, that starts to calm everybody and bring it down. So really communicating information in a transparent way will change the divorce process for a couple. And it doesn't have to be as, as uh, you know, as much fighting, I think. Oh, I totally agree with you, which is why I love working hand in hand with you. Your process with ours is because giving our opinion or our recommendations and considerations is not an opinion. It is recommendations and considerations for the couple. And when we can have a couple, our, our, our ideal client is when they both come in together. It's not always the case, but when they do both partake in the process and they hear the review and they hear the assessment, they know what they're dealing with moving forward. It's really like cut to the chase, like show me what's what we have, what's our options, and now we can move forward. Whether it's mm -hmm. an uncomfortable position for yourself or not, which it will be because divorce is never comfortable for both sides, right. um, you get to move forward in just such a better way and you save so much money, time and stress doing it that way. Um, because it yes. does have to come out eventually. I mean, it eventually comes out. But like you said, when you're showing these statements, okay, yes, maybe I did dissipate some assets. Maybe I did take $10,000 and take my boyfriend or girlfriend out. I don't know. Or maybe I did just waste it on myself. Okay, I'm going to come clean in here. How do I get you? How do I get us even here? Mm -hmm. No, um, because it will come out. And then otherwise, you're showing something and no, you went to McDonald's. So did I. OK, we did it through the business. Now we have to stop doing that. And now we have to figure out what's the value here and what's the income stream here. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, the the information piece and the financial piece. There's always there's you know, if there's a disconnect in you have a spender and a saver, you're going to have issues. You know, you're going to have financial difficulties in the marriage. Right. Um, but a lot of times it's just because one party keeps the other one in the dark. And so it's like, well, I didn't know we had all these credit card debt, you know, but you also knew that you were getting diamonds at every single opportunity and you thought your husband only made $50,000, you know? So there, what I think everybody has to understand through this process is that both parties were complicit in how this happened, you know? So one person wanted to stay kind of eyes closed and one person wanted to have the control. And so if we start to kind of separate financial information from emotional attachments to the financial piece, I think then we can deal with some of the, I want to live in the house or I want to still drive this car. Or, you know, I know that the Range Rover is a thousand dollars a month payment, but I don't care. I want it. The, that's fine. You can just, and in mediation, you can decide some of that stuff, right? But you can't decide it unless you know that it exists 
and and what happened. Now it's going to bring up emotional issues. Financial stuff is highly emotional, um, but I think that you have to bring it up to kind of have it be addressed and then say, okay, well, here is the reason. I didn't tell you about $20,000 of debt because I took care of everything and you didn't need to be worried about it and you never cared to ask. So we're, we're bringing out some issues that are tied to the financials that are emotional pieces. But once we bring them out and we kind of are like, okay, well, that was the miscommunication, but we're still at the same, it's still the financial picture. Um, then we can usually get through to a resolution. Absolutely. And that's exactly why Karen and I are so passionate and why the whole team here at My Divorce Solution works so hard with our processes, because we provide that safe space where it's unbiased, that both sides can come individually or together, doesn't matter to us, to provide that information with their own opinion, because their opinions will be duly noted for their professional mediator or their um, attorneys to see their opinion. But without paying all these other people to do it, here's a safe platform. Then when we need to bring you in to give your opinion, or not your opinion, but your um, expertise with evaluation, it's based on having all this safe platform to just you give your you you're not making up the numbers you know right. you don't just say let's just assign this number you know you're actually looking at the data that they're willing to give us so that you could just do your job and then we can set them to move forward to their independent lives but i will say most people given the opportunity to be forthcoming with this information they are doing it they are we get calls 10 to 15 calls a week that they want to provide this information in a way that they're not going to be judged and that we're not going to make up the numbers, which yeah. is why we're so happy to align with you because you believe in the same process. And I think that that, that is kind of when you get the, when you get to the personal balance sheet there, that missing number is evaluation. And so people will already get into it. Like, well, if I, if I can keep the house, if the value is only 200,000, but then I got to give her or him the house if it's 400,000. And I, so I don't, I don't want it to be 400,000. I don't even want a valuation because I don't want to give up the house. You know, like those are the conversations that I think happen and get very people very nervous about the true financial picture. But the other thing you have to remember is that a lot of times the couple have both told themselves a lie you know, and so their own story of how they justify their spending or justify anything is probably not as truthful to themselves. And then they perpetuate some different story to their spouse. And so it's kind of pulling all that back and saying, I know that, that I know that that's part of the problem. But in moving forward and making decisions, it just needs to be clear information. And, and that's where both of us come from, right? And then, you know, obviously in this process, getting you guys involved sometimes doesn't, nobody has to be hired. It can just be two people that are like, you know what? We really aren't going to continue this. And so why don't we use a third party? I'm a third party. You're a third party. When you get all of these attorneys and mediators involved, what we're trying to do is just give you some smart advice based on what you're going to experience. And so I think that if you can work together to try, try to get the documents and work through you guys to really get it in a nice containerized way, it makes everything be more efficient. 
Absolutely. With your blueprint in your hands, you have a lot of options and you'll be able to move forward in a positive direction. And that's what it's all about. And I think if people just are at that stage where they're, they don't even know how to file, they don't even know if they need to hire anybody. This is still a very important piece of the puzzle that has to be done no matter what. And so if you, if you know one thing that you want to get divorced, and, but you don't know how, who, why, what, where, talking to you guys first will help everybody get on the same financial page. And then you hand that information to your mediator or attorneys and then they will help facilitate the process. Absolutely. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, Catherine. Always we love this information. To you and your audience. Yeah. <laughs> and, and people can just feel free to reach out to your website and call you guys and get and you guys will help them understand the process too. Which Absolutely. is is really part of of, of this whole uh, learning about divorce. So thanks again. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye.